0: said, my noble Scott, if speaking truth in this fine age were not thought flattery, such attribution should the Douglas have as not a soldier of this season's stamp should go so general current through the world. By God, I cannot flatter. I do defy the tongues of soothers, but a braver place in my heart's love hath no man than yourself." Nay, task me to my word. Approve me, lord.
1: Thou art the king of honor. No man so potent breathes upon the ground, but I will beard him.
0: Do so, and tis well. What letters hast thou there? I can but thank you.
1: Uh, These letters come from your father.
0: Letters from him? Why comes he not himself?
1: He cannot come, my lord. He is grievous sick.
0: Tones. Has he the leisure to be sick in such a jostling time? Who leads his power? Under whose government come they along?
1: His letters bear his mind, not I, my lord.
2: I prithee tell me, doth he keep his bed?
1: He did, my lord, four days ere I set forth. and at the time of my departure thence, he was much feared by his physicians.
2: I would the state of time had first been whole, ere he by sickness had been visited. His health was never better worth than now. Sick now, droop,
0: now this sickness doth infect the very lifeblood of our enterprise. Tis catching hither even to our camp. He writes me here that inward sickness and that his friends by deputation could not so soon be drawn, nor did he think it meet to lay so dangerous and dear a trust on any soul removed, but on his own. Yet doth he give us bold advertisement that with our small conjunction we should on to see how fortune is disposed to us. For as he writes, there is no quailing now because the king is certainly possessed of all our purposes. What say you to it?
2: Your father's sickness is a maim to us. Perilous gash, very limb lopped off.
0: And yet in faith it is not. His present want seems more than we shall find it. Were it good to set the exact wealth of all our states all at one cast? To set so rich a main on the nice hazard of one doubtful hour? It were not good, for therein we should read the very bottom and the soul of hope, the very list, the very utmost bound of all our fortunes.
1: Faith, and so we should, where now remains a sweet reversion. We may boldly spend upon the hope of what is to come in. A comfort of retirement lives in this.
0: A rendezvous, a home to fly unto, if that the devil and mischance look big upon the maidenhead of our affairs.
2: But yet I would your father had been here. The quality and hair of our attempt brooks no division. It will be thought by some that know not why he is away, that wisdom, loyalty, and near dislike of our proceedings kept the earl from hence. And think how such an apprehension may turn the tide of fearful faction, and breed a kind of question in our cause, for well you know we of the offering side must keep aloof from strict arbitrament, and stop all sight-holes, every loop from whence the eye of reason may pry in upon us. This absence of your father's draws a curtain that shows the ignorant a kind of fear before not dreamt of. You strain too far. I rather of his absence make this
0: use. It lends a luster, a more great opinion, a larger dare to our great enterprise than if the Earl were here. For men must think that if we without his help can make a head to push against a kingdom, with his help, we shall overturn it Topsy-turvy down, yet all goes well, yet all our joints are whole.
1: As heart can think, there is not such a word spoke of in Scotland as this term of fear.
0: My cousin Vernon, welcome by my soul.
3: Pray God my news be worth a welcome, Lord. The Earl of Westmoreland, 7,000 strong, is marching hitherward with him, Prince John.
0: No harm, what more?
3: And further I have learned the king himself in person is set forth, or hitherwards intended speedily, with strong and mighty preparation.
0: He shall be welcome, too. Where is his son, the nimble-footed, madcap Prince of Wales, and his comrades that daft the world aside and bid it pass?
3: All furnished, all in arms, all plumed like ostriches, that with the wind, baited like eagles, have lately bathed, glittering in golden coats, like images, as full of spirit as the month of May, and gorgeous as the sun at midsummer, wanton as youthful goats, wild as young bulls. I saw young Harry with his beaver on, his keeses on his thighs, Gallantly armed, rise from the ground like feathered mercury, and vaulted with such ease into his seat as if an angel dropped down from the clouds to turn and wind a fiery pegasus, and witch the world with noble horsemanship.
0: No more, no more, that worse than the sun in March this praise doth nourish agues. Let them come. They come like sacrifices in their trim. And to the fire eyed maid of smoky war, all hot and bleeding, will we offer them? The mailed Mars shall on his altar sit. Up to the ears in blood, I am on fire to hear this rich reprisal is so nigh, yet not ours. Come, let me taste my horse, who is to bear me like a thunderbolt against the bosom of the Prince of Wales. Harry to Harry shall, hot horse to horse meet, and ne'er part till one drop down a course. Oh, that Glendower were come.
3: There is more news. I learned in Worcester as I rode along. He cannot draw his power this fourteen days.
1: That's the worst tidings that I hear of yet.
2: By my faith, that bears a frosty sound. What may the king's whole battle reach unto?
3: To thirty thousand.
0: Forty, let it be. My father and Glendower, being both away, the powers of us may serve so great a day. Come. Let us take a muster speedily, Doomsday is near, die all, die merrily.
1: Talk not of dying, I am out of fear of death or death's hand for this one half year.